eight years before midsummer. Haley, the voice whispered around the broken chairs and cobwebs, and I breathed out because it wasn't my father. Uncle Matthias aged past the snap spinning wheel over a pile of fishing nets set aside for mending. You can come out, sweetheart, he said. It's over. My ear still rang with Papa's roaring swears, with Uncle Matthias' voice pitched loud to cut. They didn't bother whispering anymore when they fought. Marty had nudged her foot against mine. I'm right here. When Papa started to grow, but I wasn't half as big or strong as my older sister. When the first dish had flown, I had run for the smokehouse, and I had not looked back. Deep behind my young barricade, I swallowed. Who won? Nobody, Uncle Matthias light step stopped in front of me. It doesn't matter anymore, I scoffed. Of course it matter. I would feel that win or loss in the wake of Papa's footsteps on our farmhouse floorboards. In weather being slow on my course tomorrow would mean an indifferent smile or a bucket of water across the face. I peek out from behind the scratch table leg. Who won? Uncle Matthias sighed. Your father did, he said, and my shoulder sagged with relief. Come sit with me, kiddo. You will get splinters down there. My uncle's careful hand lifted me from my tangled fortress, carried me, even though I was much too big for carrying to greet grandmother's red brocade stool. He sat me down gently, a thin, hardy brush stroke of a man, and I pulled my knees up to my chest. There were new islands in the mess of the smokehouse floor, clothes, tools, two pairs of walking boots, Uncle Matthias' clothes, Uncle Matthias' tools and boots scattered everywhere. Liar, I blurted, and he straightened up. You said it was over. Uncle Matthias' shoulders slumped. It is, sweetheart, he said so gently. For good, you and your sister and father are staying. I'm leaving tonight. I gripped the sides of the red stool. You cannot. Uncle Matthias was the one who handled the goods. Who could tell Papa come on? the girl to be without a day of screaming who still gave me piggyback rides along the plowed fields nagging like the horse papa always promised and never bought who still after mama died loved marty loved me i'm sorry he said and put out a dusty leather pack your father's the older brother, the older child inherits. That's the way it's always been. His name is on the farm deed. Oh, I don't have a choice. He cannot make you go, I argue. My voice swooped and cracked. Uncle Matthias looked down at me, red eye, exhausted. And we both knew it was a lie. Tears 
scraped from my eyes the first drop of a coat in the rain. I buried them against his shoulder. You cannot. Hell is with her, he said, and wiped my nose with his worn white handkerchief. Just sit with me while I sort. He had given up. The fight really was over. I nodded. Wordless, and he opened his bag. I watched Uncle Matthias pack as slow as a lullaby. Each seat back weighed in his palms and he fixed in his full kind attention. Each warm sock stuck into the leather pack was another piece of him vanishing. Each shirt left on the smokehouse floor whisper like sad skin. He walked entire circles through his scattered worldly goods, and I watched him, my chapped nose buried in white cotton and the smell of his sweat, both of us just breathing, until the pack was full. He looked down at his warm winter boots, mother, no good, and closed the pack. It sat between us. Bulging full of fights and love and years, a full quarter of my world wrapped in a sack in flies of old leather. Where are you going? I asked. Too small. The long, lonely road unwound in his eyes. So, there are good farms in the Southlands, but then you will come back, right? When it's better. Uncle Matthias winched. He crouched on his haunch, so his serious eyes were level with mine. Helly, love, I need you to take care of your sister, okay? Be good to her, be strong. You're the only sister either of you is ever going to have. I nodded. I was crying again, crying uselessly. Knuckles tied on the stained cotton hanky. Uncle Matthias kissed me gently on the top of my head and picked up the pack. All of you, he said queerly, and then slipped out through the smokehouse door. Behind him, through the east and flagstone, and the endless silence poured in. The lamps were lit in the kitchen windows when I trudged back to the house. Light shone gently onto the pot, Papa's voice blessed through the orchard trees, shiver the foundations of our house on the hill. I clenched my fingers around Uncle Matthias' kerchief. You have to take care of Marty, I thought, and I opened the kitchen door. The kitchen was assembled, broken crockery gleamed sharp on the floor against Marty dustpan as her broom went across the board. The board. The table was still unclear, an overturned chair and four places set for the very last time. Leave your shoes on hall, Marty said. Still, the stone-faced mountain she became when Papa thunderstorm board. I haven't found all the pieces. 
I didn't say a word. I didn't have to. Marty took one look at me and put down the dustpan. What happened? My face twisted. Has gone. Her eyes went white. What? Uncle Matthias. I wasn't quiet enough. And where have you been? Papa snapped from the next room and my shoulders hunched high. Marty's expression flattened. She checked the coop for me. She answered, oh, so casually. I thought the latch was loose. Well, close it next time, she snarled. And just like that, just like always, Marty's shoulder is furry away from me. My smart, strong sister, putting the mountain of her fearlessness a shelter over my head. Take care of Marty. Uncle Matthias had said, it was a ridiculous thing to ask. Marty was 10 years older than me. How would I ever be able to take care of her? And then it struck me finally why Uncle Matthias, the younger son, had told me to make sure I was good to my sister. Paula and Uncle Matthias had not always hated each other so, and it was Marty who would one day have wrote state form. Haley, Marty said softly, talk to me. I look up at my sister's troubled face, and for the first time, the first time ever, my mouth shaped the lie. It's nothing. Her frown crinkled as Papa stormed up the stairs. Here. Marty whispered with a new reserve, a crack of worry. Hold the dustpan for me. I crouched on the floor and gripped it tight, stared at the floor while Marty's broom walked its rhythm to clean up Papa's mess. Upstairs, his footsteps bang. His bedroom door slammed, the walls humming with his worry. It was only the three of us now, Papa and Marty and me, all alone together. Be good to your sister, I told myself among the broken dishes. Don't fight, be nice and think hard about what you need in order to survive. So that when the day comes, when it was over, I would know what to pack.